Did you know that we've already started recording and I didn't say anything? Have we already started recording? Yeah. Have you picked out your Halloween outfit yet? Actually, yeah, I have. What are you going to be for Halloween? See, um, I'm going to be a vampire because I have a cane. <laughs> I was like, I'm going to be leaning on the cane, being oh. being a vampire. like, And I'm pale, so it kind of goes with it. Oh, what are you okay. going to be? Um, so what I want to be, nobody's going to let me be him. What is it? Wait, I want to be Mr. This... Hands. Wait, Mr. Hands? Who's Mr. Mr. Hands. Who's Mr. He's Hands? He's the guy that died because he got fucked by the horse. Jesus Christ. <laughs> like, can I have, like, an inflatable horse and just, like, it sticks to my ass and I, I walk I, around dude, like that? How do you know his name? Did you Google it? No, that's what everyone knew him as. You didn't know that? No. Like, he was known to everyone as Mr. Hands, the guy that fucked a horse and died. That's news to me, man. I like, didn't even could you know. Imagine, like, dude, that's I just I took a serious dump and that hurt. So I don't. <laughs> I don't think died. I can handle. I'm pretty sure it was from internal bleeding. Most, oh, <laughs> yeah, dude. <laughs> they plowed the shit out of him. Yeah, I mean, I'm still a little curious on how he talked the horse into it. I don't think there's a lot of talking. I don't know. He may have just like pulled like, his pants out, the, <laughs> spread them, open the hole, and it just goes in. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. We might need to interview a, a horse breeder. Can I interview? Something. I want to interview a horse fucker. I don't want to do that. I don't want to talk I don't, to that. I don't want to talk to a breeder. I don't give a shit about the breeding process. I don't want to talk I want to, to, talk to a horse that. fucker. If you fuck horses, I want to talk. You know what? You have that conversation. We're gonna have it live on Dweller Archives. We are no, we're not. We are not. (laughs) It'll be an episode. The episode with the horse fucker. We're co-owners here, (laughs) so fifty percent of us is saying that's not happening. So, (laughs) but fifty percent is saying it is. So, welcome to the Dweller Archives. If this is your first time, we've already started off on the wrong foot. Hi, how's it going? We started off on the great foot, or or on the wrong end of the horse. It'll treat you well. I am. uh, Aiden, now Dr. Aiden, because doctor. I am now a doctor of the metaphysical. I Ooh. bought a certificate online for $15. Look at now you. Now I'm a doctor. That easy. Don't even go to college. You can just buy that shit right online. <laughs> Look at you doing stuff. Yeah, I, I did it. And who are you? Who, who am I, I talking am father, to? I'm Father Colton, but tonight I am Father Spoofy. Spoofy? Yeah, instead of spooky. I spiced it up a little bit. Wouldn't it be spooky? You know, the... Mr. Hands thing gave me a speech impediment. So now my K's sound like P. You're not going to do that the entire F's. episode. <laughs> That's actually. Okay, hold on. We'll I don't talk. Think I this, could. Is, this is somewhat serious episode. All right. <laughs> I mean, all right. So since this is a very serious episode and it's a little fucked up, very fucked just up. for all of you listening, I will try to remember to change all my K's to F's. Dude, we're gonna be straight up disrespectful, <laughs> aren't we? This up. I'm trying. To, no, this is not disrespectful. This isn't cracking jokes. I'm just changing my well, case. We're still gonna crack some jokes because it's a speech impediment. Because I got fucked by a horse. We're gonna find areas where it's okay to crack jokes in this story because this story also leads into another story, and these are very, very serious 
subjects and that are recent too. Like if it was like take the Atlanta Ripper, yeah, the Atlanta Ripper was very serious. We covered the shit out of that, um, very serious subject, but we were able to make light of it because it was over a hundred years ago. Um, this is within the past since the going on since the nineteen nineties, um, and this specific one that we're going to be specific. Did I say Pacific? Dude, I don't. I'm off the painkillers now. Pain now. I'm fine. Yeah, S's. well, fuck it. Um, all your S's are gone. My I think my S's are gone. Um, <laughs> but so we're, we're covering one that happened in 2002 today, and it is the murder, <gasps> not murder. suicide, the murder of Christopher Jenkins. Okay, this is a serious subject, oh. guys, and we're gonna try our absolute murder. By the way, sorry, I was too late to pitch in. <laughs> Shit. Of Christopher Jenkins. 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 My F's are now my K's. You're are already my F's. immediately disrespectful. <laughs> Shut the fuck up, Christopher Jenkins, and it is insane of what this is attached to. And this is going to be, this isn't like a part one, part two, part three, which this entire thing together might be part. Of, and we'll be talking about that in the end. In the end we'll connect it. Just um, a little bit. A little bit so at the end right there. This is kind of like a prologue to a possible two-part series. We may get it all out in the next episode. Um, most likely we're not. I'm going to try to condense the information. Oh. Condense. Uh, we got this. We were trying to like, what the fuck are we going to do in Halloween? We have to figure out a murder or something insane that happened on Halloween night. All right. Imagine. Damn it. I'm missing my cues, man. <laughs> How are you that far off? Dude, I guess this is serious, bro. I've been God doing, damn it. Do you understand what I've been researching? You know, for the past week. All right. Do you understand that? We are not a serious podcast. We're not a serious podcast. <laughs> so you're right, man. Yeah, I'm a little late. <laughs> we have to we have to throw some humor in here, even if it's my favorite kind of humor. Well, we're gonna try to spice. Oh, dark, dark humor. <laughs> dark humor. <laughs> we're gonna try to spice it up. All right. Yeah. Like the um, Spice Girls. The Spice Girls. Which Which Spice Girl are you? I actually don't know any of them. Neither do I. I was hoping you would say one. I else. actually I just can't agree. remember what they sang either. I just know the Spice Girls. Wait, if you want to be my lover. Ah, I, th- I know I that think one. so, right? Or like, I don't know. I'll take your word Hey, Mickey, you still fine. You still fine. Oh, you blow my mind. Hey, too. Mickey. Yeah. Hey, what? hey. Hey, Mickey. I think, is that Spice Girls? I don't know. Are Maybe. we going to get sued for me fucking singing that? I don't. We'll find out, I guess. And speaking of songs. I don't think so. At the end of this episode. We have a surprise. Yeah. You wanna, are we going to leave it as a surprise or are we going to tell them what it is right now? We'll tell them at the end. Okay, we'll tell them at the end. So, yeah, we're going to go ahead and get into the murder of Christopher murder. Jenkins. Murder. And we'll be talking about all that after the uh, the sponsorship ad that we have from Anchor and a very oh, thirsty very thirsty me. Yeah, I took that away from you. How does it feel? What a dick. It feels awful. It feels, it feels awful. like you stole my identity. Oh. Well, I did. I might as well just give you my social now. What is it? I'll never tell you. I was gonna. <laughs> I was gonna stop. I was gonna stop the podcast. Damn. <laughs>
Okay, because we've already started recording. I beat you to oh, the blast off, bro. I beat you to the so blast off. So you didn't count down. I didn't count down. How did I'm you tired, do that? I'm tired of counting three, two, one, and then you go blast off. Well, it's I mean, every you single have time. to say it. No, I don't. I could just it hit record. I have the power here. You don't know how to edit. So that's rule. That's rude. That, that's that's rule. That's ruled. That's rude. All mm. right, guys. Today we're covering the mid mid of Christopher Jenkins. And this is actually a very serious episode. Surprising for us, right? Usually we talk about aliens and ghost fucking... Horny aliens. Horny aliens. Horny, horny ghosts ghost. was, was the last episode. Speaking Thank of you. horny ghosts, the last yeah. podcast just covered a horny house. And I'm very upset. Yeah, I'm very upset we, we didn't, didn't even find out about this until... Yeah, we could have beat them to like, the punch, you know? We could have. We Googled our asses off for that. We did. And we yeah. had some good ones. But yeah, yeah they found... Did. Their episode was called House on Horny Hill. Hmm. It was actually a pretty good episode. That House on Horny Hill. That's what they called it. I liked we it. we started this whole horny. <laughs> shit. <laughs> I enjoy talking about horny things. I know you do. I'm pretty sure that's the only reason why we do it. <laughs> so today's sources for this is the book footprints of courage our family struggle for justice inside the chris jenkins murder investigation we also use a couple of articles on the internet one was the investigation discovery show article about chris jenkins and another was kylie the the murder yeah murder it's her actual blog. She did a lot of legwork here for us. Thank you so much, Kylie. Even though I disagree with some of the shit that she says and some of the evidence she tries to throw in there and mix it up, uh, we did get some information from her. Thank you so much, Kylie. Um, yeah, we kind of tied all this together, and we, we dove pretty deep on this so we can really figure out what happened to Chris Jenkins on this one. It is intense. It, I mean, it, it's an unfortunate story especially uh, the death of someone that was uh, just getting started in life. So those are our sources for today, and we're going to go ahead and dive into the episode. Are you ready, Colton? I'm diving. You're diving? All I'm right. I already jumped. Okay. Well, this is our Halloween episode, by the way. Are you not going to jump? Did I just jump? Uh, oh. oh, yeah, you oh, just jumped oh, by yourself, right? I didn't make it. Yeah. Wait till your French jump. So... <laughs> On Halloween night in 2002 in Minneapolis, uh, in Minneapolis, all right, Minneapolis, Minnesota. I can't do that. It was hurting my voice. A group of college friends from the University of Minnesota dressed up and went out to celebrate. They were at the, I think it's called the Lone Tree Bar and Grill. And in this group, there was a guy named Chris Jenkins. He was 21 and he got separated from the group. The story goes that sometime after midnight, Chris spilled a drink on his pants by accident. But the security team thought he was so intoxicated that he pissed himself, so they threw him out of the bar, and the bouncer told him not to come back, told him fuck off. The costume Chris chose that night was a Native American Halloween costume without pockets, and he just got kicked out of the bar without his coat and 20-degree temperature. Before he got kicked out, he gave his cell phone as well to his girlfriend, Ashley Rice, who was still inside. He was unable to let her know that he was kicked out. The bouncer was a dick. I actually hate a lot of bouncers. If you're a bouncer and you're listening to this, I'm, I know Colton's a fucking bouncer. I'm not but, a bouncer. I helped one night. Yeah, that, you're still a bouncer. You Did you get paid? Yeah, for one, like two yeah, nights. you're a bouncer. Fuck you. That's rude. 
All right, not all bouncers are bad. I mean, no, there's like one instance where me and my brother were at a bar and someone confused my brother for somebody else and they grabbed him by the throat and threw him out. I remember you telling me that. Yeah. And my brother's epileptic. Don't cra- <laughs> He didn't do it. He was drinking at the bar. He wasn't doing anything. They grabbed him by the throat. And they, yeah, I'm going to get on a tangent for that one. The bar was actually called Lost Dog Tavern. Uh, yeah, I'm going to do this. I'm going to use the voice that I have. Fuck you, Lost Dog Tavern. So now Chris found himself outside in freezing temperatures without any way to get home. Didn't have his car, didn't have a cell phone, didn't have a wallet. And this was 2002. There wasn't, hey, call me an Uber. There was none of that shit. He also had a friend drive him to the bar. That guy was still inside. So he's outside, no way to contact anyone, freezing cold. The only option he has is to walk home. He's going to try to get out of there. Last anyone reported seeing Chris was that he was walking from the bar heading north. But when he never showed up back at his place or contacted anyone, he was reported missing. After four months, there's not been a single word from Chris or any clues of his disappearance. This not only had his family and friends on edge, but the college campus in which he attended. On February 27th, 2003, a body was spotted floating in the Mississippi River. The body had been wedged in branches of a fallen tree near the upper St. Anthony Falls Dam. After pulling it from the water and performing an autopsy, it would be revealed it was Chris Jenkins. He had still been wearing his Halloween costume, so it assumed he died that night and he went missing. His official cause of death was listed as undetermined, but then the police believed it was an accidental drowning. His family didn't think this and was forced to launch their own independent investigation. Now, me and Colton are going to talk about this, all right? Are we? Yeah. I've never been, like, I've been wasted. Wasted. Walking near lakes and rivers. Never fell in. Never accidentally drowned. I've jumped into a pool, wasted, and I was able to swim out. I don't even remember jumping in the pool. I was told that I jumped in the pool. (laughs) So... I don't understand how, I mean, yes, it can happen. It can definitely happen. But four months has gone by. And you're telling me he just randomly floated and he was randomly found? Does that make any sense? No. And so here, there's actually a few discrepancies of the official report made by the police. You want to go ahead and take this over? Yes. Go ahead. The private investigators started with retracing Chris's steps that Halloween night, which took him to the Lone Tree Bar and Grill, where suspiciously now all the staff said Chris left on his own, and they wasn't kicked out. Then the owner issued a gag order so his employees could not speak to anyone without a company attorney present. You know, I've never understood exactly why it's called a gag order. Yeah, well, it's... I've actually like, never been curious, but... Yeah, now you're curious. It means you just can't fucking talk to anybody. You're, yeah, you've why been is gagged. Why gag? Because it it's like gag? you put like, a gag over your mouth. Like, yeah. <laughs> the night of Halloween, an off-duty police officer named Mike Casey. Did I ever tell you about the time I met a cop named Michael Myers? No shit, really? Yep, there is one in Gainesville. That's all you need to know. Was in Our, our friend, Brutal, his, uh, his middle name is Michael and his last name is Myers. Oh, yeah, but this guy was a cop, and his name was Michael Myers. Oh, shit. (laughs) Yeah. But anyways, Mike Casey 
was in the bar. He was working security in the area. He knew Ashley, Chris's girlfriend. He had actually loaned her one of his uniform shirts for her Halloween costume of a sexy police officer. Maybe that's what I'll be instead of Mr. Hands. <laughs> yeah, do that. Get a crop a sexy top. police officer. <laughs> I'll be like the guy from uh, Reno 9 Yeah, I was about to say Reno 9 Get booty shorts. <laughs> do, do the whole nine <laughs> During the night, she introduced Chris to Mike. A rumor going around at the time was that Mike Casey had told the security supervisor at the bar to have Chris removed because he wanted Chris out of the picture that night to flirt with Ashley. Then later, after Chris was gone, he gave Ashley a ride home. Bum, bum, bum. The Minneapolis PD never even questioned Mike Casey. When asked why Casey wasn't questioned, even though he had driven the victim's girlfriend home and might know valuable information, they said, he's a married man with children. We don't want to break up a family. Fuck that. Fuck that family. Yeah, fuck that, dude. <laughs> I would like, dude, what, what the hell? Yeah, then I'd be like, why are you trying to get a... Like, you're a married man. Why are you trying to get this guy out of the picture? Like, yeah. the fuck? Absolutely disrespectful. <laughs> like, exactly. Rat Retracing. If you're, if you're a man and you have kids and you're cheating on your, your wife, you're also cheating on your kids and you're a piece of shit. Yeah, you're a Just piece of opinion. shit. Just my yeah. opinion. Yeah, unless it's with a ghost or an alien. Nope, nope. <laughs> <laughs> Retracing Chris's steps, the private investigator realized that the route home for Chris would have taken him over the Hennepin Avenue Bridge. I'm guessing that's how you say it. I, I, don't, I have no idea, actually. I was trying to pronounce <laughs> it earlier. I was like, Hennepin. <laughs> he found that the Federal Reserve Bank had two outside security cameras facing in that direction. But when the bank reviewed the footage, there was no sign of Chris. So he had not started to walk home. The family knew they needed to try and find out where Chris went if they were ever going to find out what happened to him. They hired a canine unit and two different bloodhounds tracked <laughs> to track Chris's scent from the Lone Tree Bar to a restaurant across from the bar, Times Square Pizza and Subs. That actually sounds pretty good, right? Yeah, that actually sounds fucking fire. I would kill for like a pizza sub, like a meatball sub. Oh, mm. right now? Oh my oh, god, dude. yeah. From there, the bloodhounds even tracked Chris's scent further to an underground parking garage next to the pizza shop. The scent came to a stop after the or around the parking stalls number eighty nine and ninety. Oh. On Halloween night, the bouncer from the Lone Tree Bar and Grill had been parking in one of those spots. Bloodhounds also found a hint of Chris on the vehicle that had been parked there that night. Yeah, but he wouldn't have to like, get in it. He could just like lean on it. He is drunk. Yeah, but I mean, okay, so like this is very iffy. Like if you get the same inside the car, that's different. But just on the car, like it's yeah. outside. Of course, it could be on the car. I mean, yeah, it, it, he could. Chris could have leaned on the car, but what is the co coincidence? That it's that, his car. Yeah, it's the bouncer's car. That's what I'm saying. It could literally just be a coincidence, though. Yeah, that could, that definitely could be a coincidence. But I, that exact bouncer that kicked him out, could be a coincidence. Leaned up on his car. I, I DK. He was drunk. 
It could have happened. Maybe not. Uh, but maybe it did. You'll, you'll find some shit out in a second. Ooh. Yeah. Okay. With a possible scene to investigate, a search for evidence began. The private investigators would recover blood droplets, a red feather fragment, and red string that could be parts of the headband Chris had been wearing that night. The private investigators started looking more closely at the movement around the pizza shop and garage the night of Halloween. Several people had seen a group of ten or more people attacking someone in front of Times Square Pizza and Subs that night. But no one was sure if it had been Chris. When they did an autopsy. Uh, autopsy. Uh, autopsy. An, an autopsy. Autopsy, you see? Oh, yes, yes. It was reported that Christopher was not intoxicated to the point where he wouldn't have been able to walk or speak on his own. See? Oh. See? I see. But also... They also found GHB in his system. What is GHB? Uh, it's the uh, Lou Hambridge's. It's the drug that what you drink? put in drinks. Oh, you got roofied. Yeah, you got roofied. I kind of want to be roofied. No, you don't. I've been roofied. Like, it's I want to roofie myself at my house just to see what it's like. I got accidental roofied. My I friend was roofied, and she didn't finish a drink, and then I finished it for her, <laughs> and it was just <laughs> a bad time. <laughs> It was not a good time. That was like years ago, but I, it's bad. It's not fun. You know what? If you're going to do it to yourself, just like drop it in like a margarita. Put exactly. on, Let me put on a it. horror movie and just fade away. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to ask my wife to roofie me. I feel like it would look a lot less if a woman was asking for roofies than if a man was. Uh, yeah, I don't know where to get that. <laughs> I don't either. In Breaking Homicide, they interviewed a man who went to that same bar a few months before Christopher did and reported that he had a drink and was very sick and almost unconscious after having only one drink. Mm-hmm. Oh. He said that a few men tried to put him in a car. Oh. But that he was saved by a friend. This is why you don't go without friends. Exactly. Never stray from your group. You get Never the really weird saying from the military, bring your battle buddy. Yeah, that is all. Yep. Who then took him into a hospital where he did have a high dose of GHB in his system. What do they even do for that? Like, I feel like they just tell you what's there and you wait for it to go away. It was reported that Chris did have GHB in his system, but that he wasn't drugged. Hmm? Yeah. That his body actually produced it? So, during my research, I found out that your body produces GHB. Oh. It could produce it, which I think that's bullshit, though. A high dose of GHB in a system? A high dose. Yeah, if that's the case, like, why would they say a high dose if everyone has it? Yeah, so, I, I think this is like an... an ME office just trying to cover up some shit <laughs> like oh well we fucked up or we're not gonna say we fucked up he, his body produced the GHB that seems like it's a CYA kind of you know cause they originally and we'll go into this in a minute they originally classified this as a accidental drowning or a suicide right mm-hmm. the pathologist that performed the autopsy I said my, I bit my tongue earlier you bit your tongue earlier? 
Yeah, I told you I was chewing gum and I oh, yeah. my tongue. It hurts. So the pathologist that had performed the autopsy also noticed some strange inconsistencies with the body. He had drowned. First, he was found with his arms crossed in front of him, which is odd for victims who fall in the water and drown. They're usually found with their arms out by their sides. So it seemed, to me, it seems like someone staged it. Their clothing is usually disheveled, like fucked up, but his shirt was still tucked into his, into his pants and his moccasins were still on his feet, which led the pathologist to believe that Chris was dead and rigor mortis had set in where he was, then he was placed in the water. And which makes sense because, I mean, if you, if you get dropped in the water, if you fall, your shirt is going to literally come undone and you're going to lose your shoes at some point. And especially well, after four months. Coming off. Yeah, after four months, shoes are coming off. Shirt's getting undone. It's getting fucked with. When he was pulled from the river, there was a clump of hair in his left hand. This was never tested. It was filed away after being labeled foreign matter in left hand. However, after a few years, it was tested and it proved to be his own hair. So why is his own hair in his hand? Does that That make any sense? sense. That's retarded. Yeah. You don't fall and go, oh, and pull your hair out. Like, that, that's weird. That's like, I'm drowning. Let me pull my hair yeah, out. So It'll save me. It seems intentional. And there's also to note that on the body, there are no abrasions. There's no sign of attack. There is nothing. There's no sign of someone suffocating him. However, his body is staged. His hair is in, is in his own hand. His clothing is still like that night. So to me, it seems like someone abducted him, did something to him, held on to him till rigor mortis set in and then let him go. That makes sense to me. Lack of bruising seemed to throw the family off. Chris was an avid lacrosse goalie and was usually covered in bruises on his legs and arms. He had played two games and been practiced days before he vanished. So there most likely should have been bruises on his body. Since there wasn't, his family wondered if he'd been kept alive somewhere for a few days before being killed and disposed of. See, like right there, that shit, it seems like he was abducted and just taken care of. And then medded. 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 A hydrologist, like a a person that studies water. I didn't know that was, I mean, I knew they studied water, but I thought that was like something else. Whatever. I didn't know what's called that. Yeah, I didn't know. <laughs> I study water. I'm a hydrologist <laughs> uh, who studied the Mississippi River. Didn't believe that Chris's body could have been in the water for four months and not have been spotted. He researched the temperatures in that area and found that the river didn't freeze over until January. Also, the area under the Third Avenue Bridge where Chris's body was found had been combed for weeks after he, after he disappeared. So, like that entire area has been looked at. The entire area. So how the fuck did he randomly pop up? Four years after Chris went missing and then turned up in the river, his family got the police to reopen the investigation. It was after a new police chief took over that he sat down with him and viewed the evidence that they had collected. It was only then that Chris's death was reclassified from accidental drowning to homicide. After this, an informant came forward with new information. He said that he had seen someone he knew throw Chris off the Hennepin Avenue Bridge. But this seems unlikely to anyone who studied the case. If Chris had been thrown off the bridge, he would have hit a steel support beam 
it, there's actually like if you look at the bridge, if you look it up, he'll definitely hit a steel support beam and those freaking cables that are along the way. It would have been fucked up. His body would have been broken and shattered. There'd be multiple injuries and he would land in the water a bloody mess. To date, no one has been charged in the murder of Chris Jenkins. Some speculate it was a fight that got out of hand. Digging through the internet, I found an article that may have provided the name of his killer if that's the direction we're going to go to. In Breaking Homicide, it was reported that a man by the name of Jeremy, Jeremy, J-A-R-A-M-Y. Jeremy? That's a stupid way to spell Jeremy, so I'm glad you're arrested, by the way. We're getting into that. Jeremy Lynn Adford was at the bar in 2002, the same night Christopher was. Jeremy is now in jail in Minnesota, serving time for murdering a man named Douglas Miller in 2005, along with his brother. A police informant from Breaking Homicide actually contacted Jeremy using a female alias, Lindsay, to ask Jeremy if he knew anything about Christopher's case. He replied, I don't want to talk about anything I haven't been convicted of. Kind of a smart man on that one. I mean, you murdered somebody, so you're a stupid shit, but you're obviously in jail. Like, you didn't get away with it. However, Jeremy was known to brag about murdering Christopher Jenkins. Now, we're going to take a moment and show our respects to Chris Jenkins. We know we kid a lot in this show, in the Dwell Archives, we dick around a lot, and we say a lot of fucked up shit, and some of it, some people may get offended with. We've, we've offended people before, and we're most likely going to do it again. Our bad, but that's how we roll. But right now, that is not our objective. This... We're, we're, this part of the episode we're taking very ser seriously. If you haven't noticed, in the other episodes, my tone is a little bit different. I do want to talk a little bit about the life of Chris Jenkins before we get into the next part of this episode. Chris Jenkins and his sister were raised in Eden Prairie by the parents Jan and Steve Jenkins. He attended high school there and then went to the University of Minnesota. He was known to have a great personality and his mother believes he'll be remembered for his sense of humor. She also has a book about her son, which we got a lot of this information from, called The Footprints of Courage. And I highly recommend you check out this book. The money goes to the family. Also, I want to add that Chris was a good man and did not deserve this to happen to him. We're going to kind of get into a hardcore conspiracy, and this is when we're going to start joking around. And yes. the tone's going to change. I know that was a very intense first Whoa, 30 minutes. Difficult. That was very difficult, guys. Very difficult, Jesus Christ. After doing an intense amount of research on this case, we managed to stumble upon one of the theories of what happened to Christopher Jenkins. And this is something that Colton and I have come to believe. Yes, yes, yes. It may be or actually is true. We don't, we don't know yet. Um, but there is a lot of evidence that supports it. For the most part, the theory that we're about to dive into can be connected to him. It can. But also the deaths of hundreds of young college students dating back to the 1990s. Are you ready? I'm ready. All right. Here we go. Others believe he was murdered by the smiley face killers. <gasps> that these killers are known, and I'm saying killers because that's what I believe, that have taken the lives of many college-aged men in the Midwest. Their bodies are found in the water after a night of drinking, and a smiley face is painted nearby, somewhere, whether it's on a tree, 
it's on a bridge. It, there's a smiley face somewhere nearby. In some cases, they don't find the smiley face. Some, like legit, some of these may actually be accidental drownings. We don't know. But the coincidence of an 90% of these cases that there's a smiley face spray painted in graffiti nearby, that's not coincidence. That is, that is evidence in my mind. Now, who is or are the smiley face killer or killer? Killer! Oh, Jesus Christ, you scared the shit out of me. <laughs> I even texted you I was going to do it. You did, actually. I saw that as soon as we did You're welcome. We are now in the center of the lollipop, folks. Oh, here it is. does it take to get to the middle of the lollipop? Apparently, it takes over 20 years. Oh, God. So, the smiley face murder conspiracy. Over the past 20 years, hundreds of young men, like I said earlier, that have died by quote-unquote accidental drownings or what is being referred to as quote-unquote or air quote serial drownings. The quotes are on the accidental and serial drownings because many think these deaths are accidental. However, many believe, like Colton and I, these are homicides. These people that believe this along with us are detectives, professors of criminal justice, and dwellers like ourselves. Yes, yes, yes. The serial drowning theory is the prevailing theory, which for some reason all the cops attached to all these cases are believing, and is the only widely supported by crime agencies and communities such as the FBI and the Center for Homicide Research. I did not know there was a Center for Homicide Research, by the way. I didn't either. Yeah, it's like the CDC, but for murder. Oh. Murder. Murder. They believe people are becoming profoundly intoxicated and somehow ending up in nearby bodies of water and drowning. I mean, to be fair, when I get incredibly intoxicated, sometimes I find myself in a nearby body. Huh. So, oh, like porkin. (laughs) (laughs) But it's not water. (laughs) But it's wet. (laughs) (laughs) However, this theory isn't statistically supported and neither is it backed up by all the evidence, all right? The primary reason is because the idea of serial drowning is constantly being challenged. There are other evidence in all these cases that say otherwise, that these people were drowned. And also, in the report of Chris Jenkins and a lot of these others, there's not, there's not a lot of water found in the lungs. And yes, there could be very little water found in the lungs after an actual drowning. It's called a dry drowning versus a wet drowning, which is kind of that shit confused the fuck out of me. But if they were actually drowned, even in a dry drowning, there'd be a lot more water in the lungs. So out of all these fucking kids, are you telling me all this shit happened the exact same way? They all had dry drownings in an almost identical way. No, that's fucking stupid. So I don't believe this theory whatsoever. I do want to quickly add that some actually believe these kids are prime candidates for their age to be abducted by aliens and to be tested on an alien medical facility and then dropped off in water. Um, but honestly, that shit is so fucking stupid. There was one article where someone was talking about that, and I was like, I'm just going to backspace out of that one. That's too much. The theory that Colton and I are starting to believe is that this is indeed the work of a gang of serial killers. Not just one, but multiple people. All right? Not one guy. Multiple. Multiple. The statistics and chances alone of these cases support this theory, even if it is just one killer. 
It is not drownings. These are homicides. However, if it was one killer, they would roam the northern quarter of America using highways to reach a specific prey, abduct, hold on to for a few days, dump the body, and move on. However, it is a bit of work for just one dude. Or dudette. I, I'm not going to, you know, put that in, in its own little box. I'm not uh, sexist here, so women can murder. But Admit. <laughs> they can. They can, and they have. It is way too spread out, and so much of the legwork can't be done by one person. Another thing to note is that none of the victims had any markings, signs of torture, molestation, nothing. They all had their limbs, their appendages, everything was attached. It just... It makes no sense if it was one dude. If it was one dude being a serial killer... Don't serial killers like the idea of inflicting pain? Like, don't they want to hurt their victim? I mean, some of them. I mean, majority of them. I'm pretty sure there's some of them that didn't really care for that part of it. But, I mean, there's always, like, a gratification for the kill. They all have, like... they have a reason. Yeah, they have a reason. They're either hunting or they have prey. No serial killer wants to go for a quick kill. In almost all these cases, these young men were top-tier students and athletes. That's another thing to note. A lot of them were athletes. They will fuck somebody up. They stood out among their classmates by being extremely smart, athletic, or charismatic. Sometimes, all three. But the biggest connecting factor is this. All victims were known to go out drinking with their friends, disappeared from the group, only to be found dead in, the, in a random body of water months later. Majority of these victims' locations, there was a smiley face somewhere. Paint on, like I said earlier, paint on a wall, paint on a tree. So you can connect them with there. When the majority of the police believe that these kids simply got drunk, fell into a body of water, and then drowned... Many, including detectives Kevin Gannon, Michael Donovan, Anthony Durante, and Professor Dr. Lee Gilbertson, that's a hell of a name, by the way, believe and are actively investigating these deaths. Like, right now, they're still going for it. As the work of an individual or possibly an organized group of serial killers using the dark web. And they have dubbed this group the Smiley Face Killers. And believe this group is extremely organized and highly sophisticated, helping each other stay under the radar. Now, one serial killer is bad. A gang of serial killers utilizing the dark web to communicate is a whole lot worse, but it makes sense. Even the tag, a smiley face, graffitied near the sites where bodies were found are signs of like a gang, you know, gang tagging to let others know that this is their territory or this is where they are. This is where they were. When also when gangs attack, it's usually for a reason or even for an initiation of some kind. We know we're from Atlanta. We know this shit. Yes. And I know this is going to sound really stupid. And I even put this in the script because I want to definitely talk about this. It reminds me of the anime Sword Art Online. That is a really good anime. But I mean, do you remember Laughing Coffin? The, the murder do. guild. I do. Does this not sound like a fucking laughing coffin? It kind of does. When did, about, uh, when did Sword Art come out? Sword Art came out in 2012. This has been going on yeah. since the 1990s. So I, I doubt they got yeah, no. the idea, but I, it could have introduced more people into 
this real life version of the laughing coffin. Think about it. I mean, if there's a lot of people that grew up reading this manga, they're kind of fucked up. They're, they, they want to kill about this. Yeah. They, they feel this is probably where they belong. And the laughing coffin, they would kill just to kill. It was just a murder. It wasn't to enjoy it or anything. They would just kill to kill. Very similar to the smiley face killers. So take that under consideration. Many believe they are, in fact, the same as the laughing coffin. Within the same theory of gang organized slangs, an internet gang of gamer types who network online to kill for the sport has also been recently introduced into these cases. There are different schemes offered as to the mechanics of such groups of there could be leadership and initiation could possibly be their motivation. We've all seen how the internet has bred a certain type of criminal and the ability for people to be anonymous on online. They can also, like I like to do, cause groups to come together and commit large-scale crimes in video games. What is stopping that mm-hmm. from happening in person? And the thing is, if someone did put something like this together, a lot of people wouldn't really know. If they're utilizing the dark web, remaining anonymous, using handles, and that's a gamer thing, by the way, anonymous. A lot of us don't know who, and I'm saying a lot of us as in gamer, because I'm a huge gamer. I have a handle. It's called Befooligan. <laughs> but like a lot of people don't know my real name. They don't know what I look like. I game with these people. And honestly, that's how these people could probably stay hidden. If you really like to focus down on it, if they are a group that came together from the dark web, they probably only know each other from the, the handles that they're given. And... People will never know who they really, they could be given a task and they go out and they handle that task, but no one's going to know their face. No one's going to, nothing's going to connect it back to the group. Another thing to add to this theory is how organized, uh, another thing to add to this is the theory of how organized similar groups are. Hacker groups like Anonymous, and I'm using this as an example because they're so well known, can bring down companies They've threatened companies. They've threatened, like, what, Elon Musk and all them? Like, hey, we're going to get you exposed. We're going to do all this shit because they can. They have the ability. Another thing is it's impossible to get them or all of them. I know we've we've found anonymous um, members in the past, but they won't give up shit. They will never give up any information. And there's a lot of them. So you can't really stomp out that hornet's nest, you know? But the difference between anonymous and the smiley face killers is anonymous focuses on helping people and doing good. Smiley face killers are are fucking killers. There's another group that I want to bring up is a virtual reality gang. And it reminds me of the smiley face killers as well. They're called crashers. They have a virtual gun and they will aim it at your avatar. And when they pull the trigger, it crashes and destroys your entire rig. But that's not it. They have something called a whitelist, and they go after the people that are on it. And that is kind of like their initiation in this gang. They go after streamers and YouTubers or anyone that has influence that plays that game. They actively go on Twitch or YouTube. They find these creators, and they see if they're online, and they will go to the world, and they will get paid. And I'm talking money, stacks, Benjamins, hunts. 
to, to crash somebody. Take, for example, if, um, trying to think of a good streamer here, if like fucking Dr. Disrespect hopped into VR chat, there's probably a huge bounty on his head. And if he got in and they crashes and destroy his entire rig, they will get paid. What if the smiley face killers are something like that? They have a, they have a, a whitelist, a hit list where they go in and they find these kids. If they get the kill in, they get paid or it's initiation of some kind. So going back to them, what are your thoughts? Are these drownings accidental or do you think these kids are actually being murdered? Yeah, they're not drowning. Yeah, they're not drowning at all. That's bullshit. That's fucking huge bullshit. <laughs> no fucking way. There's like no way that hundreds of these kids have died the exact same way. In the same area? Yeah, it's the northern area of the United States. Along, Ooh. and there's actually a map that we're going to be talking about in the next episode. Oh. Of, there's like a highway that you can follow where all these murders are taking place. So that's why as a lot of people think it's one person, a smiley face killer. And they keep saying, oh, he can go along the highway, utilize it. And this isn't like, I mean, that's not uncommon for a killer. There's literally a, a truck. I'm not blaming all truck drivers here, but there are a truck drive killer who took the, like certain highway routes and he would kill along those routes and he would have people in the back. It's not unheard of, you know, and that's definitely something that could be going on. But since it's been going back to, since the 1990s, the tag is different and almost every by majority of them. So it's like a new person is tagging each individual time. The tag, it's like a handwriting. You can identify someone's handwriting based and, and constantly bring it back to them. If every letter they wrote, oh, that Dave wrote that, Dave wrote that, Dave wrote that. I know his handwriting. But if the tag's different, clearly it's from a different person each time. So it shit makes no fucking sense if they're accidental drownings or if it's one guy. So to me, I'm like 110% voting on the fact that it is a group of these people that, and they're doing it for initiation reasons to kill these kids. That's what I think. That's what I like. I fully believe. And I'm, I went into this thinking that the smiley face killer theory was a bit stupid. You know, I was like, there's no way. Now I'm like, holy shit balls. This is real. Like this is actually something real. <laughs> and there, there's also a bunch of other theories that these are satanic murders. Um, there was like occult murders. There was something about the clergy makes no sense. <laughs> it's really stupid. Um, but those are like the main theories, but the smiley face killers is something we're going to be touching on a lot more in depth in the next episode. We're, it's probably gonna be two parts. Um, the book that we have that we read for this, will go cover cases and cases. And we're going to talk about six of them in the next episode. So I hope you're fucking ready for that. I'm ready. Are you ready? I'm ready. At the end of this episode, which is coming up, Colton, what do we have for them? We have a special surprise for you. Okay. We There is a new band called Cavender. Oh. Not, not the car place where they sell really shitty cars overpriced, but the band. Ooh. With their first single called Still Alive. Staying alive. Ah, 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 ah. 
Stand alive. It's not that one. Oh, okay. <laughs> but yeah. So that'll be fun. We're going to add that at the end of the episode. So and you can listen or not listen. That is your choice. But I would recommend it because it's a pretty good song. This is something we actually want to do. Um, if you're a listener of ours and you want something to be plugged, or if we like your music or if we like something that you have, we would definitely love to shout it out on the podcast. Like I'm going to start doing that with like restaurants near me. I'm like, I can like this. Because I mean, a lot of I our listeners like are from Georgia. We do like food. We love food. food. We got to go to Battle and Brew soon, dude. I, I want to go so bad. Battle and Brew is going to be sick. Um, if you guys all know, it is a nerd bar. It's great. Fucking, yeah, it's great. And I've I love been. the food. It's so it much fucking fun. But yeah, that is that is the episode. Um, it is mainly this episode's mainly a prologue. It was definitely more of a serious tone. Uh, but the next episode is gonna be I wouldn't say lighter hearted, but we're allowed to make the jokes at that point. Uh, because this was something that recently happened. This wasn't like like I said, a hundred years ago from the Atlanta Ripper. It, it, this happened in the past, like 20 years. So we wanted to respect Chris Jenkins and his family in this one. But we were going to fucking dive hard into the smiley face killers. Mm, long and mm. hard. So where can they find us, Colton? We're on Instagram as the Dweller Archives and Facebook. Yeah, and Twitter. Also. And Twitter. Also, 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 join the Discord guy. Come, come. Yes, come, come. We need more people in the Discord. And We're going to start memes. gaming more. You know? We're going to do that shit. Game. I'm playing my PC now. Yeah, he's actually... Dude, you're going to play New World with me? Finally, for once? Yeah. Please? Please play New yeah, World? We can do that. Okay, thank you, Christ. Y'all come too. Come, come. Come, come. Turn PvP on. We'll go kill new players as they come man. ashore. All right, I'll we don't care for them. I'm a new player. Well, fuck you. <laughs> I'll, I'll protect you. I'm a level 60. It's whatever. <laughs> but yeah, guys, thank you so much for listening to the Dwell Archives. It's been awesome. Now I want you to enjoy the uh, the tunes that we have after this episode. Yes. All right. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.